Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And then can we thank these guys? Thank you, guys. You may be seated. We thank you guys for all that you have done. Quite literally, we wouldn't be here without you. <laughs> and today, because that's one thing we all have in common, right? Everybody got here the same way. We've all had a mom, and so that's one thing we all have in common. And so we thank you guys for all that you do. A mother is an incredible thing, and we want to take this service and honor you guys today. And I think God will be, be happy with that. We want to talk a little bit about what a mom needs today. And before we get into that, I want to acknowledge some things my mom did for me. Um, I have my Aunt Patty is with me today. She can Wave in the backpack. <laughs> it's just nice to put her on the spot for a change, so now I have to be on my best behavior, I guess. And uh, so, But Patty will recognize this because there are some things her mom taught her, too, and it might be some of the s- similar things that my mom taught me. So um, anyway, here, here's some things my mom taught me. and you might, you, I don't know what your mom taught. She might have went to the same school, but here, here's what it was. She taught me some about astronomy. Um, you might not know that. My mom was really good at astronomy. She said this, if you don't straighten up, I will slap you into next week. Okay, so not only did she know astronomy, she knew some science there, I guess, or science fiction. I don't know, but anyway, I did learn that from her. Patty, you, you understand about that too, Patty, don't you? Yeah, I got you. I bet you do. You got slapped in next week. I got you. All right, uh, philosophy. Keep crying, and I will... Yeah, see, your mom went to the same school. I'll give you something to cry about for those of you that didn't go to that school. Uh, some prayer. Me and my brother prayed a lot. You better pray. That comes out of my carpet, right? It was usually our blood or something. <laughs> it was usually my blood. My brother's 10 years older, so a lot of times it was my blood. Okay. The science of osmosis. I didn't know she was scientific, but she was. And um, she taught me about osmosis, or at least I think she did. She said, shut your mouth and eat your food. Think about that for a second. <laughs> you know, shut your mouth. <laughs> Osmosis, I guess. I don't know. Weather patterns. Your room looks like a tornado hit it. You got a teenager? Anybody? <laughs> That's kind of true, isn't it? I mean, or the circle of life. That's the last one. I brought you into the world. <laughs> See? Your mom's taught you too. So it's awesome, right? <laughs> but all joking aside, moms have done some incredible stuff for us. And today we want to acknowledge them. And I just want to acknowledge from the onset, for some of you guys, this is a tough Mother's Day. And I know that. And I don't want to beat around the bush about that because I go, we just want to be honest. This is a family, and we understand. For some of you guys, this is your first, I know somebody, it's their first Mother's Day without their mom. Um, and that's tough, isn't it? Um, and some of you guys have lost your mom, and every Mother's Day it's hard. But today we still want to honor them, and I think that's important, and I'm glad that you're here or watching online later because some people had a hard time, and you're not here today, and you're watching online later, and we're glad that you do that. But we want you to be able to honor your mom. And we want to talk a little bit today about what does a mom need? What does a mom need? Now, I'm the last person you should ask, or at least my wife would tell you that. You know, what does a woman need? What does a woman want? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, any men in the room want to give a shot at that? Um, But what I want to do is this. I don't want to tell you from what John knows or from my experience. But what I want to tell you is through the lens of the greatest mother I believe the world's ever known. And that's Mary, the mother of Jesus. I don't think you could get a better mother than that, right? She's selected by God 
to give birth to his one and only son. Now, when I say that, I want to be clear. Jesus had always been. He's part of the eternal Godhead. But when he decided that, hey, I'm going to pay for the sins of the world, he had to take on human form, and he was born to a mother, and that's Mary. And today we're going to talk about, through the lens of Mary, what does a mom need? Mary was an incredible mom. In fact, we see the fruit of her womb was Jesus Christ who saved us. But what I want to talk to you a little bit about today is this, is that the Bible is very practical as well. And there's some practical lessons from her because it's very easy to go, well, Mary is like a saint. So how in the world could I relate to her? And I love what Chuck Swindoll says. He says that the Bible paints the characters in it and the heroes in it, warts and all. (laughs) So so when you get up close and personal to somebody or you live with somebody, there's things you find out about them, right? And so Mary, while she is one of the greatest mothers, she wasn't perfect. And this should give us a lot of help. And there was even dysfunction in in, in Jesus Christ's own family. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. That might give some of us a lot of hopes. I don't want you to think this is unobtainable. But there's lessons from the life of Mary we can look at today and some needs that we can meet with mom. So I want to give you three things, and you can write them down if you want to and think about them, and they're in your outline. The first one is this. Moms love you. Thank her. Um, That might sound simple to say. But it's easy to forget that because mom, I use the word mom. Some people use the word ma or whatever they say. But I didn't use the word mother because it's easy for a mom because you're so familiar with her and she takes care of all your needs to take her for granted and to forget. And to be honest with you, that's the reason why we celebrate Mother's Day because some people say, well, Mother's Day should be every day of the year. You should always honor your mom, and you should. But Mother's Day helps us remember to do that. That's what Mother's Day is all about. And that's the whole point of it is to go, hey, how are we doing with that? Did we make sure that we at least thank mom one day of the year? We'll work on the rest, but, but today we're going to do that. And so make sure you don't forget her because a mom loves you. God did an incredible thing when he made a mother, didn't he? I mean, they love more than anybody else. We even see that in nature. Is that true? Um, we see it amongst bears. Most bears are very docile. Did you know that? I mean, most of the time they won't attack you, especially female bears. But certain times of the year when they have their cubs... <laughs> If you see a baby cub, you might think it's cute, <laughs> but if that mom is anywhere close by, you won't think it's cute for long. If you don't believe me, go, go watch the movie Revenant. You'll, you'll wish you hadn't, but, but you will see for yourself that mom will destroy you, if not kill you, right? You do not want to come between a mom and her cub, even in nature, and I'll tell you, it's the same for, for people, right? Don't, don't you pick on their kid. That's their mom. Their mom loves them, even if they're ugly, even if they're unqualified, no matter what they do, your mom loves you when no one else does, and that's worth thanking her for. I, I want to take a look at some of the things about Mary that we can look at today, because I think it really is relatable to mothers. Her account of the birth of Jesus is one of the most uh, read portions of the Bible that there is. Every Christmas we read it, right? Luke chapter 2, very... Um, Very familiar passage. But what I want to say to that is this, is that while it's a very familiar passage, we're usually looking through the lens of Jesus, right? I mean, her identity is wrapped up with Jesus. She's forever known as what? Mary, the mother of Jesus. Have you ever had that as an adult? I have. You know, we're like, my son was, when he was real little, he was playing sports or different things. And and you walk in the room and they go, hey, you're Wyatt's dad. Right? I mean, you're not John anymore. You're not the pastor or any of that kind of stuff. You're Wyatt's dad. You know what I mean? Or, or even now, like people come to church and you're like, hey, you're, um, you know, you're Jacob's dad. You know, or you're Jacob's mom. You don't have your own identity. And today we kind of want to make it personal and say, hey, here's how it looked for Mary. So maybe think through the Christmas story. Think through the birth of Christ through her lens. So, so let me set up the birth account for you just for a minute, okay? Mary 
receives this incredible news as a young, or as, a, as a probably getting an older teenager, um, as a young adult. She receives the news that God has selected her to be the one that will fulfill the scripture that says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. That, that he will, Messiah is going to come through her. That the Savior of the world will come through her. And I don't want to take anything away from that. That is an awesome thing. And she even said that, let it be done to me as you say. And it was an awesome moment, if you can read about that in Matthew chapter 1. It was awesome when the angel came and she got to see and she got selected. And it was absolutely amazing. But the thing that God did, and we understand now, is to make sure everybody stayed humble. He didn't tell anyone else. So here is a young adult that shows up pregnant. And now she has to explain Why are you pregnant? I mean, if you don't believe that, you read this story and you see for yourself if that's not how it occurs. Not even her fiancé, Joseph, knew that. So he was thinking, how do I put her away? I love Mary, but she's pregnant. And how do you explain it to somebody that, hey, it's, you know, it's not me, it's God. You know what I mean? God has selected me. And now, then then later God sends an angel to Joseph and explains it to him. And, And now everybody, there's kind of a scandal that says, well, Mary's pregnant. And we're kind of counting the weeks and we know that must have happened before, so there's kind of some scandal there for it. So there's all this pressure. You ever been a young adult and, and, and had a baby? It's tough, isn't it? And so what happens is that when she's nine months pregnant, Caesar Augustus says the world's supposed to be taxed, and you have to go to the place where, where you were from, where your family's from. So they had to travel all the way to Bethlehem. Now we know, right, we know that that was predicted. They didn't know that. I don't think they knew. I don't think they realized that they were traveling to fulfill a prophecy that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. But they were. But to them, it's, I'm nine months pregnant and I'm on a donkey. Okay, I mean, that's tough, right? I mean, moms, right? Isn't that kind of hard to go, hey, i got to travel on a donkey and I'm pregnant. And then they get there and pay attention to what happens next. If you want to turn with me, Luke chapter 2, verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. This is, this is in... Bethlehem, not Nazareth where they're from, right? Not Nazareth where they got Nazareth Hospital. They didn't have one back then, but, but you get the idea. I mean, not the people that she knew. She's away from all of her friends. She's young adult. She's there with Joseph that doesn't know any more than she does. You get the idea? And we know that because of the next part. And the time came for, for her. And so she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger. Let's think about that for a second, okay? Somebody didn't plan very well, okay? And I'm, I'm thinking it's Joseph. Now, for all of time, imagine that if you're the dad that said, you know, Jesus was born in a barn because you didn't make plans, Joseph. What's wrong with you? That's how I've always thought of the story. And I know it was busy and crowded and all that, but she had to give birth. And what I want you to see today is this. She gave birth. Can you, can you circle that? that? That is one of, the, you know, the most underwhelming parts to say she gave birth to a man that's just like, hey, she gave birth. No big deal. Can I say something for ladies? That's understatement of the year, right? <coughs> to say she gave birth. <laughs> you gave birth, it takes hours, doesn't it? I mean, I was there, and, I, and, I, and I, I was traumatized. I can't imagine what it feels like to go through that, right? I mean, the pain of it, we know we'll never as men ever experience anything like that, so we don't know the pain. I've been told that lots, so I understand. <laughs> but she gave birth to him. Can I tell you something? If, if you're not thankful for anything else, your mom brought you into the world. That's huge. Because why? Because there was no guest room available. She had to lay him into a manger. There, there's a couple things I want you to see. One, give, give thanks because your mom gave birth to you. You, you don't know what that's like, right? You know what I see there? Nobody brought themselves into the world. 
If you're here today and you're alive, there are no self-made men. Now, you might be tough today. You might be an army, or going to be an army ranger someday. But here's the thing that I know about that. Whether you're the army ranger, whether you're the toughest guy in the planet, here's what I know. You didn't bring yourself into the world. Somebody took care of you or you wouldn't be here. Make sure you acknowledge that. Thank a mom because she took care of you when, when you couldn't take care of yourself. That's huge. The other thing I see here is this. When there was no guest room available. Now, they shared this story. Did you know they didn't have to? That, that God could have just said, Jesus was born. Okay. But he didn't. He took great pains to share this story to make Joseph feel bad. No, not, that, not to make Joseph feel bad. To show their humble beginnings. But it says something about Mary. That Jesus is forever linked to what Mary did there. And this is an acknowledgement to say, guys, you don't know all the sacrifices that your parents made for you. One, because they don't always tell you. Okay, You don't know, you don't know what they had to tolerate. You don't know what they went through. You didn't know that they, the baby had to be born in a barn. Because the world was taxed. And so prophecy would be fulfilled. And, and we did the best we could. And we made that sacrifice, and God acknowledges it right here. Don't think you know everything your parents went through. Make sure you thank her because she's made sacrifices for you. Can I tell you something about Mary? She was a very involved mom. When you read the scripture accounts, you will see Mary at every significant event in the life of Jesus Christ. That's pretty impressive. She was there. She wasn't there at every event in his life, but every significant event, you will see Mary in the background. You will see Mary there. She was an involved mom. The, the next time we see her was when Jesus was 12. You, you know the story? He's 12, and he's at the temple, and they take Jesus to the temple, and they can't find him. Have you ever had that feeling as a mom? Now, dads, we don't always think of that, right? I mean, you know, we're like, what? They're gone? I didn't even know they were, were they here. I didn't know. And, but, but a mom would notice, right? And so Jesus is missing, how do you explain that? I mean, you know, my son is God's one and only son, and I lost him. <laughs> I mean, how does that feel? There's a franticness that comes, but every mother is kind of built into when, when you can't find that kid and you don't know where they are, and I don't care if they're an infant or if they're 60 years old, you want to know where they are. Is that true? And, and there's that feeling of where are they? Are they okay? You want to know. And Mary wanted to know. And so if you read about the account in Scripture, it's funny because there they are, and they're frantically searching for him. And they find him in the temple, and he's teaching the, the religious leaders of that day, and they are marveled by Jesus because of his great knowledge. And the point of the story was, is, hey, I'm in my father's house. You should have known. I'm in my father's house doing my father's business. But you know why I think he shared that story? It wasn't to, it wasn't to insult Mary. It was to say, there's a mom that cares about me. She's being mom, Right? Mom, I'm Jesus, right? But I know you're Jesus, but you need to let me know where you are. And I know you're perfect, so you don't make mistakes, but you get the idea? Mary's involved. She cares. There's that internal thing. They, they take care of you. Make sure you don't take that for granted. Thank them for that. It, you, know, you know, she was there at his first miracle. Did you know that? In fact, she was the reason for his first miracle. If you read the account, it's pretty funny because it reminds me a lot of, of some dynamics that I've seen even in, in my own family. Where here it is, and, and he's there, and he's not started his earthly ministry yet. Did you know that? He hasn't told everybody, I'm Messiah yet. And Mary says, hey, they've run out of wine. You know who, who can do something? Jesus. Mom, right? I mean, that's kind of what he said if you look at it. Mom, what are you doing? God isn't ready. This is not the right time. <laughs> and literally, Mary changes prophetic events. I have a feeling God, in his sovereignty, he knew that. And he said, you know what? I already know mom's going to do this, so just 
pencil it in. You know, she's going she's gonna to make him do this miracle. And the first miracle, you know why it was done? Because Mary said, Jesus, go change some water into wine for this marriage. It's true. If you read it, you'll see. see you know what he says? The time hasn't come yet, right? You know what he says? And God's going, yeah, I know. That's why we did it this way. See what I mean? That's a mom that's involved. You see her at every single event. What I want to tell you today is this. Mom has made sacrifices you have no idea. Make sure you don't take that for granted. You know who would tell you that today? If somebody has lost their mom, they would say, I'd give anything to have one moment to tell her. The older you get, the smarter they get. Isn't that true? The more you appreciate them. So, so true. Make sure you love them. Number one, moms love you. Make sure you thank them. Number two, the second one is going to seem strange, especially with who I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to need to explain it very quickly or else I might get some stones thrown at me. Moms are not perfect. Forgive her. Now, I've got to be careful there. I'm treading on very dangerous ground, right? Mom knows mom's perfect. Okay, I got you. But I, I have a feeling, all joking aside, this may be one of the most important parts of this whole thing. Because if you get this, it may give some resolve to people that are struggling in this area today. And, and I want to explain what Jesus is talking about here and what he's not talking about. And I think it's going to help us. At first, I want to kind of explain what's going on in this passage. It's in Mark chapter 3 that we're going to turn to. You can read it in its entirety. You know, we always think through the lens that being part of God's family is awesome, right? Because we're saved and, and we get to be part of church and it's amazing. And Jesus is amazing, and he is. And I'm sure having Jesus in your home would be amazing. But think about that for a minute. You ever had sibling rivalry? Think about what it would be like if Jesus was your brother. Huh? Think about if Jesus was your son. You know, I talk to a lot of moms, and one of the things you find is, is sometimes they're a little bit unconfident about themselves. Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Whatever. But imagine if you had the perfect son. And you know that because he's God's son, right? I mean, an angel told you, and he's God's son, so he don't make mistakes. So any mistakes made were yours. That's tough, isn't it? It's tough living with somebody that's perfect all the time. In some ways, it would be great. But to brothers and sisters, it's tough. Now, I've got a feeling in childhood, when there's no superstardom, that's fine. But if you want to ruin a person, you want to ruin a family, you know what you do? You give them lots of money or you give them lots of fame. Or give one person in the family lots of fame and see what that does to somebody. You know it's hard? Always being known as the brother of Jesus. Isn't that hard? So as he starts his earthly ministry, people start to follow him. Now, when he just says, hey, I'm Messiah, which he doesn't, people don't follow. But when you start doing miracles and people start coming out of their graves and they start seeing that, oh my goodness, Scripture is being fulfilled, they're listening to Jesus and they're coming by the groves and they're coming by the tens of thousands to see him. And he has superstardom. He can't walk anywhere in ancient times without throngs of people being around him. You used to know him, but you can't get close to him now because he's got tens of thousands of people. Imagine being his brothers and sisters. Now, we know this through politics. When people like you, right, they build you up. But, it, but if you look at the politicians, when, when they can no longer tell you what they're for, you know what they'll do? They'll tell you why the other guy is bad. Does that make sense? And so in his day, as he's rising in fame, the Pharisees are going, we're kind of losing control here. And we understand that he's starting to fulfill the scriptures, but we don't actually like him. Because he's teaching a lot of things that we don't like. You know, love people. We don't like people. You know, stuff like that. And, you know, it's all about rules. It's not about people. We don't like people. So what do we do? So we slash him. 
And you know what they said in Mark chapter 3, if you go back and read it? It says, they said, you know what his problem is? He doesn't do his miracles by the power of God. Do you know why he can do miracles? He does them by the power of Beelzebub, the prince of demons. It means he does his, his, he, he has power because Satan empowers him. And they started to stir up people. And then he's close to his own hometown. And you know what it says? A prophet's never welcome in their own hometown. I, I should know. I'm from Windsor, so I can't. <laughs> Just playing. <laughs> Especially Zuna. Okay, I got you. We'll, we'll leave that alone today. <laughs> You're not welcome in your own hometown. I'm not Jesus, so I don't have that kind of press. But if you get up and you say, I'm perfect, I'm the sinless son of God, you're going to get some stones through at you around people to go, I used to change your diaper. Who do you think you are, right? You think you're God? Who, what? I knew your dad. You were a carpenter's son. That's what they're saying in this passage. And here's what happens. It, 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 the press starts to get negative. They want to get rid of him. The press is very negative, and there's political pressure. And he still has a crowd around him. But, but here's what happens. Mark chapter 3 and verse 21. When the family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. For they said, he is out of his mind. Maybe you've never read this before. I don't know. Maybe you have. Maybe this is a strange passage to read on Mother's Day, but I think in a minute it'll make more sense. His family came to take charge of him. They're saying, hey, he's claiming to be this. Let's quiet this down. I don't know what their motives were. They might have been good. They might have been, hey, these people are going to hurt you, so let's calm it down. You're out of your mind. You, got, you, know, you, you think that you've got all this grandeur going on in your head, and you've got above yourself, and you think you're all these things, and people are saying you're not. And the brothers, and brothers are kind of going, we never thought you were, so let's go get him. And, and they're there to take charge of him. Maybe you didn't see that. We'll skip down to verse 31. There's several other things that, that they do, and, and the crowd gets a little bit out of control with it. And, and then it says this, then, then Jesus' mother and brothers arrive standing outside. They sent someone in to talk to him. Why? Because they want to get him out of there. They want to stop him from being in that crowd. You're in a dangerous situation. You need us or whatever, or we don't believe that that's who you really are, whatever. But, but I want you to see, it's not shocking about his brothers, okay? They didn't believe in him until after his resurrection. But look whose name's there. The mother. Now, I know we believe Mary to be one of the greatest mothers, and she was. But can I tell you something? She was on the wrong side of this. Be careful when you judge the motives of a mother. She's thinking through the lens of a mom, not through, my son is the savior of the world. This is important. She, she's on the wrong side of it, and sometimes moms do that, whether it be good intention or bad intention or for whatever reason, but moms are not perfect, even Mary. Can I tell you something? Mary was not a goddess. Mary was a person who needed a savior as well, okay? She needed forgiveness. She made a mistake. And on this one, she was there to thwart his purpose. Now, Jesus understood, I can't have that. Mary, you don't understand what you're doing. I know a mom's love, but let me explain something to you today. If I stop, everyone will go to hell, quite literally. I can't stop what I'm about to do. And you're, you're going to try to keep me from it. And I can't have that. So here's what Jesus says, and it's pretty tough. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Verse 33, this is pretty tough, but I want, I want us to read it, and I want to explain it. He says, who are my mother and my brothers, he asked. That's tough, isn't it? Then he looked around of those seated in a circle around him. Can you, can you underline that circle around, in a circle around him? And he said, here are my mother and my brothers. And my, 
Verse 35, whoever does the will of, of God is my brother and sister and mother. Now, I want to explain what this means and what it doesn't mean. I've thought long and hard about this, and I've read about it, and I think, I think I'm, I'm right. It doesn't mean that Jesus disowned his family. There's nothing about that that's accurate. After this, there was obviously some sort of restoration, because here's what I see. Jesus' mother was at every other significant event in his life, almost as though this didn't happen. But in this moment, Mary was on the wrong side of it. And Jesus said, who are my mother and my brothers? Aren't you guys are my mother and brothers? Did he just disown his family? No. That's not what he did. And I want to explain it today because here's what I know. Every mom makes mistakes. And for some of us, they're minor mistakes. And and I would be here today to say, you know what? Your mom gave birth to you. Build a bridge and get over it. Okay, some of the stuff we argue about, just as a pastor, I've always wanted to be able to say it. It's petty, get over it. One day they won't be here, and that stuff won't matter. Get over that stuff. There's other things, though, that are deep. There's other things that are hurtful. There's other things, like in the life of Christ, where you're going, if, if you stop me from this, you're destroying my life. You're destroying my purpose. And I can't go that route with you any longer. And that's hard, isn't it? We don't like to talk about that on Mother's Day because it's tough. But for some people, they come on Mother's Day and they go, I want to honor mom, but every time I do is this sick, codependent relationship that I can't break past. And we don't like to talk about it on a day like today, but the truth is, is we see it right here in the exact account of Mary, the mother of Jesus. So I'm thinking he wants us to address this. He didn't have to share this in Scripture. He didn't share everything that happened in his life. But he's saying this is significant, not to embarrass his mom, but to say all families have some dysfunctionality. You know that? Especially blended families. Maybe you didn't realize Jesus was part of a blended family. Did you know that? His father wasn't Joseph. It was God. (laughs) Those dynamics are tough. Maybe Mary was saying, hey, you know what? I know you all think that I favor Jesus. (laughs) Can you imagine? I know you think that because he's God and I, you know, I have to worship him you know, and all this kind of stuff. And they're going, maybe this time I'll side with you guys. You know what I mean? I don't know what she was thinking. But here's what I know. All mothers make mistakes and it's our job to help forgive them. And you know what I think Jesus is showing us here? How to forgive. Maybe you didn't know that. Because if you, if, you're, if you look at this through one lens, you'll think he just disowned his family and now he's just listening to people that, that just tell him anything he wants to hear. No, that's not what he did. Can I tell you what he did? He said he looked at his inner circle. He looked at those that were following him, and he said, you know who's going to help me with my mothers and brothers? You you know who's going to help us because it's not us four and no more. Not one family is perfect, and if you think there is, then you are mistaken. Not even Jesus Christ's own family. Not even Mary, who many people have sainted and made her as though she is the highest mark and could never make a mistake. Can I tell you something? That's not true. If he had dysfunctionality in his family, who do you think you are? We all got dysfunctionality in our family. And what Jesus is pointing out here is the keys to getting past it. You want to know how you do that? How do you get past? How do you forgive? On some things, you just build a bridge and you let it go and get over it. Petty things. But the deep things that are hurtful that you go, I've tried that, I know what you're going to say, and I could make that phone call today, but if I do, I'm be in the same boat I need some help with that. You know what he's saying? You need some other spiritual mothers and brothers to be in your life that can help you. That's okay. 
Because not every time can your biological mom be there for you. Not every time is the person you call mom going to be perfect. Can I tell you something? They're not. They're human. And you're going to need some other people to help walk you through that process. You know who that is? Spiritual mothers and brothers. Let me, let me tell you something about church. It isn't our job just to agree with that person. You know what it is? To help them restore a relationship with that person. Jesus looked at them and he said, look at my circle. These are the people that believe in God. Right now, she doesn't, so I need them to help hold me so I can be the son that I need to be. Jesus got it. And if God's one and only son who's perfect and the savior of the world can say that, who do we think we are when we say we don't need a small group? Hmm? We do, right? Well, I got family. Yeah, I know, but your family will falter sometimes, won't it? Anybody got a perfect family? You better raise your hand. Your mom's here today. Okay, I got you. (laughs) But if he could share this about his mom, I think we could be honest too. And through that process, we'll learn. It doesn't mean we stop having boundaries, okay? It doesn't mean that we come into a sick, abusive relationship. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is this, is that spiritual mothers and brothers come alongside us and they help hold us up. And you know what? The next time when they're in it, we help hold them up and, and vice versa. And we become the body of Christ. So we're not doing this by ourselves. And Jesus gave us the plan right here when he says, who are my mothers and brothers? You're going to need more than just one. That's why he said mothers. Who are my mothers? I'm sorry, Jesus. Don't you have one? What's up with that? No, no, I have many because I need more because my mom's going to need somebody sometimes. Sometimes my mom can't be there for me. Sometimes moms die. We'll talk about that in a minute. What do I do now? I need a mom. Yeah, I know. And he's given you some. And today we're going to talk through that because it's so essential. But let me tell you something. Number one, your mom loves you. Your mom loves you. Thank her. Number two, your mom is not perfect. Forgive her. One of the greatest things somebody could do today, one of the greatest gifts. Maybe you've been holding a grudge for so long, and today is the day that you need to maybe come up here and pray with somebody. And you need to start a process of forgiveness. Okay? Number three, your mom has needs. Don't forget her. How can we forget mom? Because she always takes care of us, and it's easy to forget. Right? Moms, is that right? We take you for granted. Is that true? We just come in and we expect the food's going to be there. We just come in and we expect whatever mom's going to do, she'll just do that. Mom loves us no matter what, so it's easy to take her for granted and it's easy to forget and all of a sudden become selfish and put our agenda there. And every person that's lost a mom, you tell me if you're right, to say, I wish I had done more for her. Is that true? Don't forget. You will. You do. Don't forget her because she needs you. She has needs. And Jesus Christ understood those needs. Let me, let me tell you about him. John chapter 19, if you want to turn with me, one of the most difficult passages in the Bible, really. I mean, Jesus, at this point, was finishing his ministry. And his job was this. He knew, I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And in this moment, he had been tried. He had been betrayed. He had been up all night. He had been beaten. He had physically went through as much as a human being could go through, awaiting the most pain anyone, actually no one, has ever been through. He was awaiting the suffering of all of sin, of all of time to be on him. That's what he was waiting for in this moment. To take hell on himself. The reason we're redeemed is because Jesus Christ did this. So in this moment, I would say, if I, if I were to be quite honest, I would say he was a little bit busy, would you say? As he, as he hung on the cross after they crucified him, He could literally only say a few phrases because of the physicality of saying it. He couldn't literally say it. 
So he selected his words very carefully. And we did a whole message series on the last words of Jesus, how prophetic they were, that he didn't just do it. Every phrase had a meaning. Most of the scriptures, he didn't quote the whole thing because he couldn't. But he got out as much as he could to say, that's important. This is important. I want to leave the last words to be so important. Let me tell you what he does. John chapter 19 and verse 23. When the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and they divided it into four shares. One for each of them. With the undergarment remaining, this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. A lot of significance there. Very important piece of clothing. Can I tell you one piece of that? That's his last piece of dignity. On the cross, you die naked. (laughs) On the worst moment of your life, you have no dignity left as they crucify you and take the last piece of dignity, the undergarment. You get it? And this piece was sewn from top to bottom. It has so much significance. We'll go there another time. Verse 24, let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by casting lots who will get it. This happened so that the scripture might be fulfilled. They divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. What does that got to do with Mary? We're going to come to that. Verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. There was one other person, and that was John, who who wrote this passage. One man. Of all the people Jesus knew, one man. Not his brothers, not his father, his earthly father, which Joseph had probably passed on. But no men were there. Isn't that something? You know who the toughest ones in the world are? The ladies, right? The moms. The moms will suffer at every point. They will stand beside that bedside no matter what. They are the ones, and I tell you, man, I know, moms will be there no matter what. I go to prisons. You know, who's, you know who the only person that will come to visit some people? Mom. You know why I go with them sometimes? Because mom's the only one. Dad can't get past it. Dad's angry. Dad can't take it. Dad's going to run out. I get it. God made us a certain way. But mom will be there, right? And mom is there at the last event of Jesus Christ, the cross. And she stands there and she watches her own son crucified. Now, up to this point, Jesus had not said anything to his mother. But it says this in verse 25, near the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Verse 26, it says this, when Jesus saw his mother there, now, she had been there the whole time. She had been there for the entire crucifixion. Why at this point did, did, he, did he remember her? And I think, I think where you can find that is this. If, if, if Chuck Swindoll did a great study on that, and he said, what about that garment made him think of his mom? And he said, you know what I think it is? I think she made it. The last garment that he had on his body was made by her so that he would have one last piece of dignity. The last piece of dignity, guess who it came from? Mom. <laughs> And Jesus, out of everything else that he does, was all about the statements that would be for us, the church, and for everybody else in the world. But one moment on the cross, he has a personal moment to somebody that's so close to him. As he sees that garment and he goes, that was the last piece of my dignity. And he looks up and he goes, it makes me think of you. As they gamble over the last piece, the the most insulting thing you could possibly think of. And he looks up and he knows his mom is there. (laughs) And he says this, 
when Jesus saw his mother and his disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, he said to her, woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Tough words. It took everything he could to get phrases out. But he took the time to look out and he didn't start. And a lot of people, I think you're thinking, what he's saying here is this. John, take care of my mom. And that's not, un- that's not inaccurate. He did say that. But you know what he said first? He said, Mom, take care of John. You know why? Because Jesus looked into her heart and he sees through everything else. And he said, you know what your greatest need is, Mom? I know because I'm your son. Your greatest need is to mother. John, you don't need to take care of her. She needs to take care of you. That's the greatest need of a mother. And mom, I know that it's going to be hard for you because you're about to watch me become the savior of the world. In that moment, he's awaiting the wrath of God that will come on top of him. And in the most anticipated moment in all history, you know what he does? He looks at his mom and he goes, before, before I go there, you need a son. That's the internal need of a mom. You need to mother. Don't you get lost in grief for me. You mother him. And John, you need a mom. I don't know if John had a mom. I don't know if John's mom passed away. I don't know what, and it doesn't really matter because he's going, you know what, John, you need a mom. And there she is. Take care of her. That's not my biological mom. I know, but it's mine. And I want you to take care of her because I won't be here. I'm about to become the savior of the world. And then when I do come back, I'm going to ascend back into heaven. And I will sit at the right hand of God for all of people of all of time. But I took the time to take care of my mom. Don't forget her. Jesus didn't. You know, I don't think when you get into heavenly glory and you say, well, you know what? I got a little bit busy. (laughs) You think you're going to look at Jesus hanging on the cross and go, I was a little bit busy? He goes, oh, was I? I was a little busy. It was a little tough for me. Make sure you take time for a mom. There's one last lesson through that that I see here today, and I want to tread very, very carefully. But I know it has to be said because some people are stuck right here. And if you get stuck here, you will miss God's greatest blessing for your life. When a mom loses a child, I can't think of anything more devastating. In fact, this past week, we just yesterday, the Powell family lost their son. And to watch a mom of a young adult have to say goodbye for the last time is one of the most hard, hardest things you will ever see in your entire life. But you know what I think God is saying, if I, if I could be real honest? He's saying, I, I know you have to grieve. I, I know John will never be like Jesus. That's not the point. But make sure you don't stop mothering. Children, just because you lose your mom on earth and you go, well, I don't have one now, there's moms that need you. Make sure you take care of them. Let me me be really really careful with this one. There's people on Mother's Day, and some of you guys aren't here, so I'm talking to you online and know that, that can't come on Mother's Day because you know what's harder than not having a child or losing a child, I believe? Never having a child. And every Mother's Day, it's like a pit in their stomach that goes, I see all these pictures, and I know we should be happy for all these people, and we saw all our kids up here on the screen, but I don't have any kids. And I hate Mother's Day. (laughs) 
Can I tell you something today? I think God is saying, you know what, behold your children. I know it's not the same. I know, I know, I know it's not biological. I get it. But the point is, is there, are, there are children that need somebody to mother them. Don't, don't miss out on that opportunity because of your grief, because of your pain, because of your resentment. That's what he's saying. I truly believe it. And children, behold your mother. <laughs> you, you know, there's moms in this world that don't have kids. There's no place I've seen it more than in, in a nursing home. You, you go to the nursing home and you see people. And on Mother's Day, we will go on Mother's Day. In fact, they're going today. Um, we've turned that ministry over to some other, other people, but you, you're more than welcome to be part of it. You go on Mother's Day and there's mothers that have no one. Some of them don't have anyone because their children are just terrible. They don't go visit them. Some of them, they don't have anyone because their children has passed on or they never had any kids and they're there all by themselves and they invested in people and they're there all by themselves and they have no one. Can I tell you the other reason? Some of them have no one because they were mean, awful people who abused their kids and now they're left to die and they wish they could make it up, but they can't. And they're all by themselves. Behold your mother. I know, that's easy to say. Well, they're getting what they deserve, yeah. But, but you know what? Jesus is hanging on a cross to say, if you got what you deserve, you get the idea? Make sure you don't hold that. There are moms that need us. For whatever reason, we need to reach out to them. You get the idea? Behold your mom. The final thing I want to take from this today is this. Jesus hangs on a cross. I think it's a perfect place to end is this. Every mom in the planet wants you to know him. I know that. You know why many of us are here, I'll tell you that today, to say, you know, I'm here today quite literally because my mom gave birth to me, right? I mean, that's true. I'm here in church today because she never gave up on me. Yeah. Her prayer, she's here, that's awesome. Some people aren't, right? Some people, your mom prayed for you till the day she died. You go, yeah, I never really believed in any of that stuff, but you're here today. And here's what I want to tell you. Don't let that keep you from the love of God today. You know what your mom wants? She wants you to know Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins to restore a relationship with God. And every mother that I've talked to, they're on their knees, and they come here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Here's a pastor's heart for you just for a minute. I pray with mother after mother after mother. And the most prayers I ever get is a mom coming and saying, you know what, my kids aren't quite right yet. My kids aren't right with God, and I want them to know God. Would you please pray with me? Week after week after week, they never give up on you. Can I tell you something? As great as I am, and I think highly of myself. (laughs) The reason why we get saved has nothing to do with me or my message or any of that. The reason we get saved is because there's a Jesus who died on the cross for our sins. And one other thing, there's a prayer of a mother that won't let go of the throne of God. What better day could there possibly be to come to faith in Jesus Christ? Some of you guys know that. Some of you, your mothers are in heaven, and you're going, well, she, she's not here no more, so what do I do? Can I tell you something? I don't know if God lets people look down, but I'm just going to be untheological for a second. I believe if you receive Christ today, I think he'll let her look down just one time. And when you get home to heaven, it's her prayers that help get you there. So today is a perfect day to receive Christ as your Savior. Mothers, we want you to be honored today. We want to thank you today. Mother, some of them, you might need forgiveness. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. For all of them, don't forget her. Get the idea? Mary's going to come up, and it's going to be a prayer. She's going to sing a song. So Mary, if you'll come, um, Mary's going to come and sing a song for us today. It's a prayer. 
And as she sings it, I hope and pray that you'll just give whatever you're holding back from God today, just give it to him.
Thank you, Mary. I want to pray for you today. Before I do, make sure you take time to honor your moms today. Um, for, for those being baptized next Sunday, I want to catch you before you leave. We're going to meet right up here, right after the service. If you want to find out more about baptism, come up here and see us. But we're going to be having baptism next week, which is going to be really exciting. So moms, if your kid's being baptized, just give me one second with them and they'll be right with you. Okay? So um, let's stand for prayer. Father God, we come before you today. When you made a mom, you made an incredible, incredible thing. And we thank you for them. Lord, you could have chosen any way you wanted, but you, you picked a mom. And we thank you for that, that somebody that loves us no matter what. So God, I pray today, Lord, help us to honor them. Help us to, to be with them. I pray, Lord, maybe there's families that need some restoration. I pray that you, you be through that process that there are spiritual mothers and brothers and sisters in Christ that might help facilitate some of that because it, some of it's not easy. But we believe with the power of the Holy Spirit you can heal all things. By your stripes we are healed. And I believe, God, you can heal some of these families. God, I pray that we honor the moms in our lives. I pray that we look for the ones that maybe don't have somebody right now and we're there for them as well, that it's not just us four and no more. God, I pray for each person that no one will leave without the love of God into their life today. Lord, if if there's one person that doesn't know you, I pray maybe today is the day they'll open their life to you and find that there's a God waiting to come in, that he's already died for your sins and rose from the dead, and that he would make you part of his family. And um, I I think that would answer a lot of mom's prayers today. (laughs) Thank you for our moms, God. You receive all the honor and the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.